What's going on, traders? Can you believe it? It's a SPAC earning mania today. We're going to definitely go through all the SPAC earnings that we had in this week. Guys, just stick around. Smash the thumbs up. You guys know where you're at. The SPACs attack, baby. Let's get this show started. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Let's go ahead. Let's bring in the one, the only. Yes, he's back, guys. Our SPAC expert, the one, the only Chris Ketchy. What's up? What dude? What's going on, brother? Yeah, happy to be back. Had one of those, uh, what do they call it? Uh, natural disasters yesterday. We got some storms uh, late Tuesday night. And I was without power for much of the day yesterday. So uh, not having power makes it really hard to do uh, these work from home uh, broadcasts. Oh, I will say yeah. that. Um, I don't know if you had Comcast, but uh, maybe short Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, always short Comcast. That's not who I had. But, uh, you know, in this case, oh, man. there were, you know, over 100,000 people without power in West Michigan. Oof. And luckily... You know no, they no, got no. it. They got it back on before they said they would, and we have power now. So happy to be back, and you know, happy to have power and be kicking today. Well, I'm happy to have my brain back, guys. You guys know I was a little slow yesterday, but uh, guess what, guys? I got my brain. His name's Chris Ketchy, and he's gonna take us back to those headlines. All right, guys. Yeah, let's get into some headlines and then going to bring Mitch back on and we'll get into all those earnings happening this week. So much to talk about from these former SPACs. But up first, uh, we've been talking about it all week. We have DraftKings. So DraftKings launched their NFT marketplace yesterday with the sale of some Tom Brady NFTs. Now, as expected, these NFTs saw huge, huge, huge demand. Um, so the first one was available for $12, and then they increased in price from there. Um, these things sold out super fast. There was uh, you know, over 100,000 people trying to get less than 5,000 of each one, and, and now they're selling for huge amounts on the resale market. Um, the Signature Series drops tomorrow. These ones will have even lower print numbers and higher price points. So we could see, again, huge demand tomorrow from those DraftKings NFTs. And then after the Tom Brady launch, Wayne Gretzky has been announced as the next athlete. We'll see if we get any timing announcement from the company. You know, when will we see the Gretzky NFTs? Uh, who will be the next athlete after that? And then maybe we get some analyst upgrades and some notes. I, I think they all kind of anticipated that this NFT platform would be a success, but I don't know if any thought it would do quite what it did yesterday. Um, you know, I tried to take part in it, and I will say the the platform and the technology was so easy to use. It reminded me of the early Top Shot days where, you know, limited supply that you could join the lobby 30 minutes prior and get a spot randomly drawn in the line. Uh, definitely keep an eye out, DraftKings. I think this NFT platform's here to stay. And as Mitch and I have been talking about with sports betting, right, customer acquisition you had to have a DraftKings account. Whether or not you bet on sports, you had to have an account to be able to participate in this NFT launch. So they probably added some new customers yesterday, possibly even some new money to their platform, which could increase their sports betting business. We have Rocket Lab merging with VACQ, signing a new deal with Varda Space. Rocket Lab continues to be one of my favorites in the space sector. Um, that merger happening soon. And I think Rocket Lab can continue to win new deals and be, you know, one of those main go-tos in the space sector. Then a couple analyst notes. We have Holly, H-L-L-Y, getting uh, coverage from William Blair, initiating coverage with an outperform rating. So that's H-L-L-Y. Um, shares up 1% today. This thing has uh, held up pretty nicely since the, the SPAC merger. And then EVGO, Cohen and Company initiating coverage with an outperform rating and a $18 price target. We'll dive into EVGO a little bit later during the earnings section. 
Then two mergers approved yesterday. We have SRAC approved with Momentus. We'll trade as MNTS. Interesting to note that 20% of shares were redeemed for this uh, merger, SRAC. That actually surprises me that we didn't see more redeemed, but we did have shares trading around 1020. Um, but remember, this is the deal that got a fine. It got a valuation cut. And, you know, I'm curious to see how Momentus can trade as a standalone company. Then NBA also approved will trade as ticker MIMO. One of our market debuts yesterday, Joby, Joby Aviation, J-O-B-Y. Shares were up 34% yesterday um, during the trading day. They did give back some gains after hours. Um, now down about 9% today, but we're up at 1220. And this is a stock that pretty much held that $10 line going into the merger. So, uh, you know, definitely worth watching Joby. And then with that being said, we could look at some of the other um, EVTOL uh, companies going public. We got some new mer merger vote dates. Go ahead, Mitch. I, yeah, see I just wanted here. to point out that other one. I saw the other one moving this morning. What's the ticker for it? It's I think it's called... We have... We have ACIC is an EVTOL. Mm -hmm. We have Quell, Q-E-L-L. Um, and then I feel like there's one more too. Um, so they're all kind of moving, uh, you know, in reaction there. But, you know, Joby, uh, a blade, B-L-D-E. That's the one. Yep, that's the one that uh, Kathy's been loading up morning. heavily on too. So, yeah, I was wondering um, if it was going to get a lift. Looks like it actually went down a little bit today, but yep. we do got earnings from this company coming at August 16th, just to keep it in mind. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind, and we'll we'll add that to the calendar. You know, the, the EVTOL market, we're still, I think, a couple years away from this being, you know, where they truly want to be, you know, the Uber of the skies. Um, so I'm, I'm real, uh, curious if Joby can maintain this level above $10 as they don't really have big revenue for a couple of years. So, but definitely on watch. And then speaking of EVTOL, we did get some merger vote date announcements in that sector. Also some space stocks. So we have GNPK, uh, merger vote nine one SFTW September 8th, QELL September 10th. ACIC September 14th, and then BLUW, which was on our calendar for this week, changed their vote date to August 27th. Um, so definitely more dates coming in for the month of September. Um, and we're not even halfway through August yet. So, uh, you know, September calendar filling out nicely. And we got a couple of rumors over the last 24 hours. We have SLCR. Uh, in talks to bring the Tim Hortons China business public. Um, so right now, Tencent is the owner of a joint venture that has more than 150 Chinese outlets of Tim Hortons. Deal could value the company at $1.8 billion. We've seen some of these restaurant groups from China go public. Yum Brands split their business. They have Yum Brands. They have Yum China. Um, you know, the McDonald's Chinese business got a bid from private equity not too long ago. Um, you know, so interesting here. I'm curious to see what the uh, reaction will be. We did see shares up. Um, we're up about 1%, but still under that $10 level. So keep an eye on this one. Then our other rumor out there, we have IPVF in talks with clean technology company Aspiration. Uh, could be valued at $2 billion per Bloomberg's report. Um, the notable thing I saw on Twitter is that Leonardo DiCaprio is among the investors in Aspiration, but I don't know a ton um, about this private company yet. So I'm waiting to see if we get more details. Shares of this company were up earlier today. We're almost flat now at 977 um, again, I think we're waiting to see some of the terms of these deals. And then our one deal announced this morning, we have ticker FRSG. This is First Reserve Sustainable Growth Corp. Announcing plans to merge with EO Charging. So EO Charging valued at $675 million. Uh, public shareholders will own 28% of the company. So EO has over 50,000 chargers in 35 countries. They operate in the fleet 
management uh, business in Europe. So not yet in the U.S. They do have plans for that. But in 35 European countries, they provide charger hardware design, manufacturing, installation, and software and services, um, electric vans, trucks, buses, and car fleets. Uh, notable on their customer list, of course, Amazon. Um, Amazon in Europe has a deal with them along with Arrival, DHL, Tesco, and Uber. So some decent sized names there. And EO was ranked number 27 on the Financial Times 1000 list of Europe's fastest growing companies in 2021. And they actually ranked the highest in Europe of any of the electric vehicle companies um, in terms of growth. I think that's a pretty notable thing here for a company going public. And again, plan to enter the U.S. in uh, 2024, they see revenue of 33 million in 2021, 101 million in 2022, compounded annual growth of 122% from fiscal 2021 to 2024. Um, shares were up 2% earlier today. I uh, haven't looked since. Looks like we're up about 1.7%, 982 FRSG. Um, another electric vehicle charging play, and I like that they're focused on the fleet customers. And again, they do have a strong position in Europe, and Amazon is a customer over there. Mitch, that's what I've got for headlines, that deal. Um, I know we want to get into earnings. I mean, we could spend hours and hours. There were so many earnings reported over the last 24 hours. So I know we want to dive into some of those to get started here. Definitely. I mean, like at the end of the day, like you said, there's so much there. It's kind of hard to keep up with any everything. I mean, you're probably keeping up with the stocks that you own, but there's so much going on in these earnings reports that is very important for the future outlook. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about, Chris and I, is that how do expectations meet results, right? And then also forward-looking guidance, right? This is one of the things that you get out of the earnings. Do they reiterate that guidance? Do they lower it? Or do they even raise that bar? That's what we're going to be paying attention to. We'll try to point out those kind of uh, moments in these stocks. Uh, we're not going to get into every little detail of every earning. So, of course, if you see something you like, go ahead and do some more deep dive into the actual earnings report. Let's go ahead, Chris. First one up was one that I actually talked about yesterday. And I, I talked about this with, you know, of course, Spencer, because, you know, he, he he likes to look at these facts and, and wonder where the money is. So I told him, hey, guess what? Opens reporting tomorrow. That's not a bad one. Could have a good move. Uh, does make revenue. Is a company that I want to pay attention to because it's going to give us a good outlook on the kind of the housing market, right? And I, I mean, how, how did we do in, in open? It didn't seem like it did pretty bad. Yeah, you know, Open had a great report, Mitch. Um, you know, so revenue of $1.2 billion, that was up 59%. Let me say that again, $1.2 billion. I mean, when you're talking companies going public via SPAC, you get a lot that are pre-revenue. Here you have Open Door that's making a billion dollars a quarter. I mean, that's huge, right? They also came in ahead of street estimates of $1.06 billion. They sold 3,481 homes in the second quarter. That was up 41%. And going forward, they actually acquired 8,494 homes in the second quarter. That's a record for them. And that was up 136% from the first quarter. They entered 12 new markets. So now in 41 total markets. And, and they want to continue to expand across the country. They have contracts to acquire an additional 8,158 homes. They issued guidance third quarter, 1.8 billion to 1.9 billion. The street estimate was 1.5 billion. So they absolutely beat the second quarter number, Mitch, and that guidance for the third quarter also ahead of street estimates. You can see that huge rip that this thing got after hours yesterday. I think when I was writing my article, we were up about 28%. Um, I know we've come down a little bit today. Looks like we're up about 16%. Um, but absolutely monster quarter from Open Door. Anything stand out to you there, Mitch? 
I mean, you know, one of the things is, and it was going to be compared, is how they were doing against kind of a Zillow, right? Um, the company sold 3,481 homes in the second quarter. This is massive compared to kind of what they're really trying to compete with, right? A massive company like Zillow. I think they're definitely meeting the numbers, if not beating the expectation that most investors had for them. Uh, I think this was even a stock that Kathy kind of sold. Uh, she a did. Bit yeah. Kathy well, bought this one early and she actually sold out of that position. Uh, you know, another example of maybe where she sold too early. Um, you know, Mitch, we, we highlighted this one when we talked about earnings. And, and I think we both kind of thought that this is one that could have a good quarter, just based on the fact that they have revenue. They're in a hot sector right now, home buying and home selling. And, and I didn't even expect this good of a quarter from them. I mean, they absolutely smashed it, as everyone is saying in the chat, uh, a great quarter from Open. Definitely, definitely. Like Sunday says, go ahead and smash that like support us as we support you guys, bringing you guys all these earnings. So, Chris, let's, let, we'll take a look deeper at open. One of the things that I liked is that it bounced off that 16. I mean, re really now pushing back up. A lot of times when you get these big moves that were after hours, guys, look for a kind of a 50 percent retrace to help you guys out. Look for some levels to attack. This one did a nice little cut down through that 16. And then what did it do? It just bounced right back above that 16. Now going up there to 17, it looks like it's making a pretty big move here as we even just talk about it. I mean, look at the one minute. It's pushing, guys. It's pushing. We'll definitely keep that one on watch as we keep going through the earnings. Next up, Chris, what do we got? So we got Clover Health, C-L-O-V. I know this is a favorite um, you know, from retail traders, from our viewers and, and Mitch. This is one I was really watching, right? Because their last quarter they reported wasn't so hot. And guess what we got last night? We got a great quarter from the company. Revenue of, yeah, revenue of $412 million, up 140% year over year. Beat the estimate of $205 million. So they actually almost doubled. They did. They doubled the estimate from analysts for the quarter. I mean, that's huge. That 195 huge. million from Medicare Advantage, 216 million from their direct contracting. They said that they took steps. Their Clover assistant business had 95,000 lives under management. That's up 229%. That business now on track to manage over $1 billion in annual revenue. Total lives under management, 129,000. That's double what they had in the first quarter. So not double year over year, double the last quarter. They issued full fiscal year revenue, $1.4 to $1.5 billion. Uh, analysts were expecting $811.5 million. And their Medicare Advantage business, they see hitting 68,000 to 70,000 members by the end of the year. Uh, you know, I, I had my hesitancy on this company. As I said, the first quarter was not great. I think they absolutely smashed it this quarter. And, and this is one that's been beaten down. It was a short squeeze candidate. It's had a hard time maintaining that, that $10 line, right? And this is one where I would not be shocked if we hit the $10 level again uh, in the next couple of weeks. And I think we start to see some analyst, uh, you know, upgrades and initiations here. Yeah, something that we got to keep a watch is how Clove really performs because one of the things is it was a top Wall Street bet stock this morning. And this is what I got to pay attention to because whenever you get a good catalyst with retail attention, that's how you get a lot of these runs. It's because you already have a stock that's probably you know shorted by some institutions. Then you get that downward pressure. Then you get a good catalyst to push it on up. And then when retail really jumps on it, that's when a stock can start trending and trending massively. Uh, I'm going to watch this one. I, I I was even looking at it today to maybe take $9. But as you can see, we even went down to almost 950s on this name. We'll see if it can get back above 950 today and start looking strong if it wants to get back above 10. Um, I, I remember uh, our, our man that, that still hasn't come out with some SPACs that I'm waiting on. 
Chamath, what's going on, man? Yeah, Ch- Chamath's been real quiet, right? He's been and real quiet. He, he's had kind of a mixed week, right? You know, MP, MP Materials, which he was part of the pipe. They had a monster quarter. Uh, you got Clover today having a great report. Open Door having a great report. And then you had, of course, you know, Mile, Metro Mile, which he was part of the pipe, not having such a good week. Um, but he's been real quiet. He has those biotech SPACs out, and we haven't heard any update on IPOD or IPOF. So, Chamath, where are you at? Maybe it is time to start giving some one-page updates on these positions that you are in. And can we get some deals worked out for IPOD and IPOF? I would, I would appreciate it. I don't even know if Chamath has a Twitter anymore because I haven't seen him talk in a while. So I've been trying to pay attention to it. But hey, the IPO WTF? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. I, I know that that one has a lot of money behind it, right, Chris? I mean, I think it was. It like does. Over, That's got over a billion dollars. Over so, a billion. Yep. It has that B word where I like to pay attention to. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the next one, Chris. What do we have? All right, so we have up, UP. This is Wheels Up, and this one I wouldn't normally pay too much attention to, but this is one of those ones that had the heavy redemption, and then it shot way up on its first day of you know public trading. They actually had a really good quarter. Revenue was up 113% to $285.6 million. Their active members grew 47% to 10515 And they're saying that they had strong demand in the first half of the year across all cabin classes, all membership levels. They also partnered with American Express. They launched Up for Business, and they added some new member benefits. Um, You know, again, this is private aviation. Mitch, my my concern, right, is, is, you know, with with, uh, the airline business, right, we're seeing airline traffic come back, right? But it's mostly the the normal everyday economy class. The first class has struggled a little bit. We're not seeing as many people travel for business, right? Because you can get stuff done now via Zoom, via meetings, online. You know, private aviation, is it really going to grow that much? I mean, UPS report looks like it is, um, but I don't know about this one. What, what do you think? I think it's something to do with the fact that, you know, I think even COVID plays into this because the people that can afford to fly private, you know, are going to be the kind of people that are going to be like, well, maybe I just don't want to be in a tin can that's flying with 100 people that could get me sick. Right. I mean, I think that's also something that comes into play here. Um, Another thing is how cheap is this compared to how cheap it was, let's say, 10 years ago? Um, I think the prices definitely have gone down on kind of flying private, but honestly, I never flown private, so I wouldn't know. Um, but <laughs> uh, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this company. I think it has a lot of focus from some investors. I mean, Wall Street was talking about it. I saw it on the Wall Street Journal even mentioned like, okay, so now we're getting, I guess, private flights, you know, private airlines to come come into the the market. We'll see how this performs over time. It's definitely a stock that I need to kind of be more of a show me kind of stock. Show me, show me that you can succeed. Show me that you can continue increasing this uh, live flight legs. Um, that increase year over year, I have been really trying not to pay attention to those percentage because we all know what happened last year, right? And so it's very hard to pay attention to the year over year number. I pay attention to the actual numbers there. So an increase by 1.6 million to uh, to 29 million, that's not the biggest increase there, right? So we want to see that number get a little bit bigger. I want to see it, it definitely start making some money. You know, that's a, a net loss there, 1.6. Let's get it into at least the green. Then we can start paying attention closer to this company. Yeah, definitely. Mitch, next up, we've got UTZ. This is Utz Brands, one of the leader in uh, salty snacks, right? And this is actually a favorite of SPAC, of SPAC Guru. Shout out, Guru, if you're watching today. Uh, company reported earnings of $0.13 cents per share which missed a, an estimate of 15 cents. That's a two cent you know, difference there. Sales of $299 million, which beat an estimate of $290 million. 
um, they saw their power brand segment really power through. Um, the, the big news here is that they see heavier costs coming in the second half of the year. So their guidance and their cost, uh, sending shares down. Mitch, if you can pull up that chart, UTZ, I mean, this thing kind of had a reversal, right? We, we saw shares down significantly this morning, um, hitting, you know, 18, 18.50. And, and now we're back up almost to 20. I mean, shares dropped the lowest I've seen them, um, I think, this year, year to date at least. Um, you know, and this is interesting that it's getting this rebound now. Again, only a two cent difference in the earnings per share revenue beat. Um, but that guidance not looking the greatest for the second half. What do you think? Uh, this is why we got to be careful with falling in love with companies. I've been seeing this often in the SPAC industry. Guys, let's get out of love with these stocks and understand where they're heading. If they're saying that they anticipate costs will increase, you're seeing a, I'll, I'll, I'll point this out. This is a head and shoulder. This is kind of the, not a pattern you want to see at the top because you got the head here, shoulders, and if it breaks the neckline, you're on your way down. This stock has been making massive moves all the way up there towards 30. I hate to say it, Chris, but it's looking like it wants to start heading back down towards major support. Um, I think it could come back down closer towards 14. Hopefully it doesn't come back all the way down towards 10. Yeah, and this is going to be one of those ones to really watch, especially their next earnings report, right? They've already laid it out that costs are going to be higher. What exactly does that mean, though? How bad is the next quarter going to be? Also, then there's the potential for upside, right? If they come in on the third quarter and they say, hey, we actually came in ahead of what we anticipated, you could see you know, a significant spike. But I think you're right. I think we're in for more downside pressure um, you know, on this earnings report. This is a company that actually pays a dividend. Um, so I think there is some safety there, right? It's a former yeah, SPAC. Hope with a dividend. So there is some, you know, price level there, uh, you know, but a good one to watch here. Mitch, up next, we've got HIMS, H-I-M-S. Ooh, HIMS. Hims. Did you, Hims did you hear us on pre-market prep? I, I did. I heard someone, <laughs> I heard someone had never heard of HIMS and hers. Was that Spencer? <gasps> yeah. Spencer hadn't heard about so, HIMS and hers, but I told apparently him was... Spencer does not watch any TV whatsoever. Because if you watch TV, whether it's live TV or, you know, even streaming, I mean, I, when I watch, you know, channels on Hulu, uh, you know, I still see commercials for hims and hers. I mean, Jennifer Lopez, she is on my TV so much just from the hims and hers commercials. So I don't know how Spencer hasn't seen that. But hims and hers, their quarterly report, uh, earnings per share, a loss of five cents per share that beat the estimate of a loss of 10 cents, sales of $60.7 million beat 56 million estimate. They're guiding for third quarter to be 69 to 71 million versus a 58 million estimate. So revenue in the second quarter up 69% year over year. Their online revenue up 75%. Remember their online revenue is the main portion of their business. They called it a, a good quarter with very strong execution. Um, they also have new mental health services, right? We've heard a lot about mental health, right? Especially, you know, I can call out the Olympics. That's a segment that they're getting into, the telehealth business of mental health. They also acquired a, comp a couple of companies. So Apostrophe, which is tele-dermatology. Um, they also acquired uh, Honest Health, which is a London-based health platform. So those acquisitions now, uh, they're calling for full-year revenue, $251 to $255 million. Uh, interesting one, Mitch. You know, I, of course, wanted to hear more on maybe how the uh, Miley Cyrus uh, partnership was going. Didn't hear anything on that. But uh, a decent quarter here from Hems. Uh, what do you think? Dude, I, 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 I'll say it like I said to Spencer, man. If I keep wearing these headsets, I might need hymns myself, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got to take care of that hair right here. You know, we don't want that little thinning area. But I actually know a consumer, a friend of mine, Chris, that got hair with hymns. So uh, if, if you had ever a question, if it possibly works, I can tell you from a friend that I used to rub his 
his little spot there that it's no longer a spot I can rub anymore. So, I mean, and that looks, I think it's doing well. I think it's a product that I think knows how to take advantage of how consumers shop now, right? And so one of the things that consumers are trying to do and businesses have really taken off on is subscriber business. How can we get more subscription models? Because subscriptions models is what really to show up as that reoccurring revenue and also gets the interest from investors. I think this is a model that in the long run, yeah, I I think it's going to work because at the end of the day, um, we all are are paying attention closer and closer towards our health. And I think this is just going to be a trend in the long run that continues to move on up. Now, the question is, can they continue to innovate or at least keep the market share? Because, of course, someone else is going to come stepping in here with very similar products. Yeah, definitely. You know, something to watch in that space. I I liked the quarter from them. Um, You know, this is another one that I know has gotten heavy interest from retail traders. Uh, Another beaten down one, right, from the $10 level since they completed that merger. We are seeing an upward movement today. So this one will be on my watch today to kind of see what kind of level we can hit. Uh, Another one that I was watching, Mitch, we have BFI BurgerFi. So I actually own Whoa. shares of BurgerFi. And this was their quarter, right? Revenue up 65% year over year. Same store sales up uh, 63%. Same store sales in corporate owned locations up 39%. And Mitch, you, you mentioned the year over year comparisons, right? They actually said their corporate owned restaurant same store sales exceeded 2019 levels. So that's ahead of pre-pandemic levels here. So Boom. I like that. I like Super that call important. out, right? They're not just going off of year over year. They're going off of 2019 levels. That that's huge for them, right? That impresses me that they brought that up. You know what that shows is whoever the CFO is here, please give me a call. You know what you're doing, dude. Yeah, you know, I I loved seeing that, especially as a shareholder. Also the guidance, right? So they see uh, developing and opening 25 to 30 new restaurants, uh, primarily along the eastern seaboard. So in the second quarter, they opened three company-owned locations, one franchise location. So eight new restaurants year to date have been opened. They have 18 currently under uh, development. And also their ghost kitchens, right, Mitch? We talked about this earlier that restaurants now, you you have an advantage if you're a newer restaurant and you don't have as many units because you can actually build your restaurants to take advantage of the heavier delivery business. And and that's what they're doing. They have these ghost kitchen uh, businesses, um, which they're now anticipating to open 15 to 20 ghost kitchens along with those 25 to 30, you know, regular burger five restaurants. Their margins looked really good. Their costs looked really good. I, I think this was just a great quarter from burger five. Um, this is one that, again, I think it's a, a sympathy play to Shake Shack. It's a, a better for you burger chain. They don't have as many locations. So I think they can, you know, rapidly expand. And I really like the fact that they're building their restaurants for the future, right? They have drive-through lanes. They have pickup spots for, you know, delivery drivers. And now they're also introducing ghost kitchens. I, I, I'm a big fan of this one. Again, full disclosure, I am long. BFI, what do you think, Mitch? All right. Well, first for the chat, I know that you guys are mentioning a lot of tickers there. Uh, we're trying to get through the earnings right now, so don't think that we're so many to ignore tickers. you. Um, it's just we got a lot to get through today, guys. And the only way we're going to get through it today is if we keep nailing it down. Uh, if you got some other tickers, definitely stay tuned. We can talk about that maybe at the end. Um, I know that some people are saying, I'm missing some, I'm missing some. But we're going through the earnings right now. We're not trying to just bring up every SPAC in that industry. Uh, just want to go ahead. How much for a meal at BFI? I mean, I don't know exact price, but you're thinking, I don't know, $10, uh, near to $11 probably for a meal. Uh, but not a bad place. I've had the burgers. I can tell you I'm a big burger fan. It's one of the top, I wouldn't say top burger, but one of the top burgers. Um, something I'm going to keep watching is, like you mentioned, the ghost kitchens. How does that trend continue in 2022? 
right? We're kind of nearing the end of 2021. So I'm not even focusing on that. I'm starting to look for trends that are going to happen in 2022, right? And, and I always try to be about six months forward. So if we look about six months forward, we're thinking about February, what is going to happen then? Let's start thinking about that. How can BFI really perform well? I think they're going to do well in the summer months, but I do think that winter months, they'll see some revenue come down. So I'll be looking to see how the summer, uh, the winter months end and seeing if BFI can start getting a lift again. We were talking about this potential lift with kind of a reopening play and summer sales. I do think that you might see a retrace in sales going forward just because of the winter. Not that many people are going to be going out. I think this is going to be kind of more of that winter where you see people stay home. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, BurgerFi, I'll continue to watch. I, again, I, I liked the quarter from them. I, I think that unit expansion is huge going forward. Up next, we've got Arrival, A-R-V-L. You know, uh, this is another one of those pre-revenue companies, right? So what do we look for with these earnings from pre-revenue companies? We look for orders, order sizes, guidance, what's to come, right? I don't want to hear as much about how much money they spent in the quarter because they, they lost money, right? If you don't have revenue, you still have to pay your people. You still have to spend money. So, of course, you're going to lose money. So, you know, I saw a lot of headlines how Arrival, you know, had a net loss. Uh, of course they did. But yeah, in the I mean, quarter... It doesn't, it doesn't really give you anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that? That they lost money on zero revenue. I mean, I, uh, go figure, right? Uh, they, they had 59000 non-binding orders and letter of intents uh, in the quarter. Now, again, that's letter of intents and non-binding orders. So it doesn't necessarily mean they will hit that number, but that's kind of where they're at. They, they announced partnerships with Microsoft, STM uh, Microelectronics, Amberella, and others in the quarter. Um, again, electric buses, electric vans. They got a 3,000 van order from Lease Plan. Um, to be the preferred operational leasing partner in Europe. Um, a landmark bus order in California. Uh, again, in the U.S., we're going to see lots of electric bus deals, right? And they got one here in California. And then another item we highlighted not too long ago was they have a partnership with Uber, right, to kind of design a electric vehicle for Uber drivers. And they said that that partnership is progressing well and that deal with Uber is not exclusive. So they said that they have other ride hailing companies expressing an interest in partnering with a rival. That's big, right? If they can land additional ride hailing companies, not just Uber. And then also they ended the quarter with 445 million euros of cash. They did call their warrants recently. That's a decent amount of cash, right, to get them through, um, you know, to that revenue phase, right? That's another thing you should be looking at, right, with these pre-revenue companies. Oh. How much cash do they have? Are they going to need to raise more money? Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to give you guys some education here, too. But, you know, not a, not a huge quarter, Mitch. Uh, nothing really stood out a ton. But I do like that cash position. And I like the, the demand coming from, you know, some of these other ride hailing companies and some partnerships with Microsoft and others. Anything stand out to you there with the rival? I mean, I, I, you, you said it well. One of the things to pay attention to is, and I think that's the important number here, is the cash, right? Because we need to keep an eye on this because, I mean, at the end of the day, what the, by the time they get to where they want to go, right, where they're getting these vehicles out there, eventually they're going to need to raise some money, right? So we need to keep an eye out on this number. How is this number moving from quarter to quarter? When does they feel tight and when do they feel they need to raise some money? As we see the stock right now coming back down towards lows, it's actually a time that I actually would pay attention to it. These are the times when we can start thinking, do I want to invest in arrival? I think this is the question you need to start talking to yourself and realizing, hey, is this the plan for me? Is this the kind of trade I want? Do I want to be in a long-term investment? Because I think that you have to get a basket of these to have an advantage, but arrival would definitely be one of my top picks for my basket if i was trying to pick kind of the ev bus game and I, I love their platform i love their micro factory approach i think that's going to definitely help in the long run uh reason why is that i think you know you can start building all over the globe and with that being said we know that the ev market's not just 
only here, right? In the United States, the EV market is a global market. And I think they have a good footprint in the global market to give them an advantage. Yeah, those micro factors, Mitch. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget when we did that interview on the show, right? And watching that video uh, of how quickly it can scale up and how quickly they can get those built. I, I mean, if recyclable materials yeah, used, too, I mean, if, I think. if they can do that around the world, I mean, I think they can scale real, real fast here and cost effectively, right? That's another key with those micro factories. And I mean, years from now, they have the potential to even license those out, right? You know, other companies are going to want to use these micro factories, not just the EV sector. I think one thing to remember about Arrival too is that they have a lot of research and development, right? With robotics. Um, why? Because they're trying to really nail down that autonomous game. If they can nail down that autonomous game, I'm going to let you know that right now. I'm going to be in. They got me. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the next one. What do All we got, right. Chris? We got Payoneer, P-A-Y-O. So FinTech play here, uh, second quarter earnings per share, a loss of 63 cents down from a loss of 22 cents in the prior year. Sales of $110 million beat the street estimate. Revenue was up 42% year over year. Their volume up 29%. Um, they said that transaction cost improved where 26% compared to 30%. So margins getting a little bit better. They raised their guidance for the full year. They see revenue uh, hitting 28 to 30% year over year growth. Their previous range was 25%. So full year revenue, 442 to 448 million. This is interesting, right? We're seeing the revenue guidance Payoneer was actually one that got attacked by some short reports um, over some accounting principles, over some valuation. And here you have a a former SPAC raising guidance. I I like seeing that because I was a little worried about the short reports and, you know, coming out with maybe, uh, you know, uh, problems or, you know, lowering their guidance. But the opposite happened. What do you think, Mitch? Hey, I think the the CEO said it right. You know, uh, they updated their transaction cost guidance. And so um, one of the things that you can always look at is expenses, right? So it looks like they attacked their expenses to improve their margins. And with that being said, I mean, a pre, uh, you're saying a, from the previous guidance at 25% growth. I mean, that's definitely massive there. Um, this is what you want to see. Remember, we talked about it before, right? We want to see guidance improving, not going down or even I think neutral sometimes isn't the bi- the biggest positive either. This is a positive when you when you're gonna go ahead and say that we're gonna make more. That's what we want to be hearing from these companies. Not that we're meeting expectations, not that we're missing expectations, but that we want to make more than we already expected and put out. That's what we want to hear because. Uh, these companies are going to make some partnerships, are going to make some deals along the way. So with that being said, some more revenue could come to the bottom line. Now they focus on their margins and they're able to improve their business just itself. With those acquisitions, you could see a, a potential big move. Yeah, definitely. And, and then we've got App Harvest, APPH, um, sales of $3.1 million. That was actually below an estimate of $5.9 million. And the company lowered its guidance for the current fiscal year while also reaffirming uh, their 2025 guidance. So essentially, they're saying, hey, we're not going to hit our goals for this year, but long term, we're still going to hit our five-year plan that we laid out in our investor presentation. And here's how. So they, they talked about, you know, their tomatoes, right? 8.6 million pounds of tomatoes sold. Um, you know, that was a decent number from them, uh, uh, up from 4.8 million pounds in the first quarter. And, and then they also laid out plans they're going to reorganize internally. So they're going to be a holding company with three operating companies. So up first, you have Appalachia Co., which will be their planned network of high-tech indoor farms. Then you have Techco, which is their uh, proprietary farm ops, robotic harvesting capability, and artificial intelligence operations. And then you have GrowCo, which is going to pursue CEA opportunities 
including those outside of central Appalachia in the U.S. and globally. So we had App Harvest on not too long ago. They had that acquisition for the uh, you know farming technology. They're kind of taking a different approach here, right? They're going to structure with three business models. Um, you know, I think that sets them up for down the road maybe some additional partnerships and, and maybe some spinoffs. But you know, the the uh, cutting the guidance for this year was the big news. Shares down six percent. Um, you know, not a lot from this report, Mitch. Anything stand out to you? Obviously, we don't like seeing the guidance cut, um, but this is one where, you know, they're, they're not huge revenue right now, right? If you're in App Harvest, I think you're in it for the long haul. So I think we're going to see the the selling pressure now. Um, but long term, I do like their their operations and their business model. I, I got to say, I'm disappointed in this one. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to see better, but... You know, just because we want something doesn't mean we're going to get it. Uh, I believe in this company. I believe in the story and what they're trying to do uh, with better kind of growing here versus, you know, outdoor growing. Um, but the big question is, can they meet the margins that are needed in the business? I think right now they ran into that problem. They ran into the problem that they don't see themselves meeting the margins that they expected. From this being said, what we need to pay attention to is how do they go ahead and approach their business moving forward? As you guys can see from the approach that they're starting to take, they're trying to separate the business. Why? Because they can start focusing on certain aspects of the business and trying to increase those margins in that aspect versus just having one kind of department try to take the lead and, and then you're, you're not able to focus. So what, what happens here is you probably will end up having really good department heads that are more intended to focus on that particular area and improve kind of the business, right? Uh, I think in the long run, you will see APPH uh, kind of do well, but there's others that are doing this. And so they have high competition. They have to change their business and they need to adjust their margins here, try to get a little bit better margins so that they can start getting into the green and not being in the red, right? They missed there almost, I mean, almost almost by half, right? I mean, yeah. the, the estimates were nine, a loss of 19 cents. The miss there was 32 cents. That's pretty, there's a pretty big difference there uh, in what was expected. So definitely what happened here, not expected results, not meeting the guidance that we uh, kind of put out there. And I mean, I have to I have to say also, I mean, I, I would agree with what Spencer said yesterday. I mean, given us guidance of 2025, I mean, that doesn't really do anything for us. Yeah, I mean, to cut your, your guidance for this year, but reaffirm 2025, I mean, you're essentially giving yourself four years to really get things in line, which, I mean, if you're a seasoned CEO, I, I think you should be able to, right? You should be able to find where are we going to get that revenue from? Where are we going to cut those costs at to hit our guidance? Um, so up next, we've got DM, Desktop Metal. So revenue up 68% in the first quarter, $19 million. They ended the quarter with $514 million in cash. They saw strong customer demand, uh, customers up 44%. They also saw strong growth of their production system P1, shop system, and studio system 2, and their production system P50 on track for shipments in the fourth quarter. So again, desktop metal, printing all kinds of things, right? Steel, um, you know, wood, dental products, and, and they're seeing strong demand for several of those printers. They got the FDA clearance of the Flexera Smile. I, I think that'll help in the future. And then also their Forest product launch. That's the wood base. They called it overwhelming demand. They're reiterating guidance of $100 million dollars. For the current fiscal year, they see an annualized revenue run rate of $160 million. They also announced with their earnings that they are acquiring X1 e, or XONE for uh, a total of $25.50 per share. That's $8.50 per share in cash and $17 in shares of desktop metal. This was a decent report from desktop metal. We're getting a little bit of a reversal today. Shares are up. I believe they were down after hours yesterday on that acquisition news. 
Mitch, they've got all kinds of products they can print, right? But I do worry a little bit that now we're just, you know, uh, are, are they acquiring too many companies here? They've made lots of bets on acquisitions, but they have their own technology, their own platform. And I think that's kind of getting lost in the business here. And I mean, that chart, Mitch, just kind of looks all over the place. 100%. This is one that I actually, I think I mentioned exactly that yesterday. I was looking at DM and I, that's the thing that I just feel like they're starting to make too much. And what that does is that it causes some dilution, right? In the price doesn't mean that the stock's not valued more because I mean, I think the, the purchases that they've been making are good ones in the long run. But the question is how long do we have to wait to reap the benefits? I think this is one that you have to keep watching on a one month chart and wait for the green to show, right? So the red, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven candles right now that are in the red. Let's see if this month's candle, this August turns green. Right now it's like a harmony. It could flip green at any moment. And so I wanna see one of these candles close green, then I'll look for pullback buys. That's my approach for DM. Uh, definitely. All right. And then we have Matterport, MTTR. Um, we did an interview with the company recently. I mean, this is the 3D rendering of homes and of businesses. Their earnings per share results were down year over year, 62 cents loss per share, sales up to $29.5 million versus $24.3 million in the prior year. This is one that recently completed its despacking, right? So this was the first quarter of earnings as a public company. Shares are down 10% today. You know, I, I just don't think we got enough color from them really on how good their revenue is and what their future looks like. Um, you know, just not a ton of details out there. Anything uh, on this one, Mitch? All oh, that old mute trick. How did 54, it in 54 minutes in, you almost made it. I was getting better at it. All right, no, Proterra, Proterra. Let's look at uh, PTRA. Let's move forward. Yeah, so we got Proterra. Second quarter sales growth of 39%, $58.5 million. Their, their uh, gross profit down, gross margins only 2.2%. Um, they did have a loss in the quarter, $762 million in cash. Um, that's a decent number, right, for a company that went public via SPAC. Battery production, 41 uh, MWH for both uh, their electric buses and their powered partners. And they reaffirmed full year guidance, $246 million, and they see gross margins being positive. This, this is one that I like, right? Proterra, electric buses. I think we're going to get some new deal announcements. This was a decent quarter from them uh, as well. Definitely, we're going to watch. They affirmed the guidance. So pretty much just saying that we're in line, right? Um, so that's what we need to focus on. I, I don't think that's a bad thing, right? We talked about it. What we don't want to see is misses, but at least they're in line and at least giving us what we expected to see. Definitely. And then we have EVGO, EVGO, which got an analyst initiation this morning, as I said. Revenue up 16%. In the quarter to $4.8 million, 275,000 customers. They had uh, 1,548 charger stalls at the end of the second quarter and a robust pipeline. They have the partnership with General Motors um, for uh, more charging stalls to come. They highlighted that in the quarter. They're a key partner for um, you know the uh, Chevy's plan. Uh, under General Motors for additional electric vehicles. They also acquired ReCargo in the quarter, so they gave some more guidance on that. This was a pretty good quarter from EVGO. It's another charging infrastructure play. It's one I expected to do well under the infrastructure. We have shares essentially flat today, though. Um, so, so if you're looking at this one, we'll see if we get some momentum and if uh, you know we can get some reaction to that earnings report today. Yeah, the big thing with I think this one is just keep watching how they uh, kind of install there. Does the install keep growing? Because I think they need to just keep pushing on the construction of these. Uh, it looks like the stall count was a total of 15 for uh, 
48. Let's see. They So they did 104 in this quarter. Can they double that next quarter? Can we see 208? That's what I want to see. If I could see that, then I started trying to pick a winner, right? Um, but until then, I'm, I'm still trying to do more of a basket approach here also. But, hey, uh, we're, we're starting to see that at least EV Go is trying to go, right? I mean, they're trying to do what they, they're, they're trying to intend to do, which is get these stalls up and meet the construction that's being put on them. Awesome. I think we're down to the last two here. We're going to make it. We've got Ride, Lordstown Motors. They, they, you know, not a great report from Lordstown Motors as expected. What? They're be, they're, yeah. Who would have thought, right? Uh, who would have thought? They're beginning limited vehicle production in late September. They're updating their guidance. Um, so uh, essentially, they talked about how they raised money in the quarter and that they're going to produce even less trucks than originally anticipated. So about exactly what we expected from the ride report, nothing really standing out. And again, I think they're going to need more and more cash. And then we have Hylion H Y L N again, not a ton here. They highlighted their uh, hyper truck ERX. They got a 300 unit reservation from Detmer logistics in the quarter. Um, they also plan to take those demo units out on the road later this year for the hyper truck ERX. Remember the uh, Secretary of Energy just uh, our Secretary of yeah of Energy just wrote in one. Um, they reiterate their commercialization timeline for the hyper truck. So demos in 2021, testing in 2022, and commercial availability in late 2022. So again, if they can stay on that timeline, I think that's important for Hylion here. Mitch, we did it. That was all the earnings that we had written down. Again, guys, in the chat, I know we probably missed some. I did see someone mention IS, Iron Source. We'll have to take a look at that one um, a little bit later. Mitch, we've got earnings tonight, too. We have LAZR, we have SoFi, we have Latch, we have ORGN, we have Tattooed Chef, and we have Body, Beach Body. And, and then tomorrow I we have body. And then tomorrow we have LEV, Lion Electric. What on that list are, are you watching or most excited about? Well, of course. I mean, but look, how's this? Does this <laughs> give it away? There you go. <laughs> Not the right brand there, but I'll, I'll I'll show you what I'm looking at. Definitely. I'll be doing it myself, guys. I mean, I've been working out intensely since I think summer, and I think I'm not the only one. I think what happened was, and I talked about it, it became a kind of a January thing, like a new year kind of thing. New year, new me. COVID's done. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to get my lift on, and I think you're going to see – uh, some good numbers coming out of body. I might actually even, I, I, I don't know, man. I might take a swing. I don't do swinging into earnings because it's like, just if I had a coin, I'd flip it right throwing now. Darts, tell you. Throwing darts. <laughs> it's worse than throwing darts. I'll tell you, I'm better at darts than flipping a coin. But definitely, I, I, I definitely want to see what they what they give us. Um, I mentioned it, Chris, that I think we need to also uh, pay attention to how the new bike performs. Yeah. The new bike is supposed to be coming out, I think, very very soon if it hasn't already come out yep um, those are the the two things i would say is let's get guidance and hear more about the mixed fitness bike and then also how is the pandemic affecting them we're seeing a rise in uh covid cases the delta variant i want to hear if they're getting more subscribers now than they anticipated post pandemic so i'll be looking for those items mitch with body the other big one I'm watching, of course, is SoFi, S-O-F-I, which I entered a position in recently. Uh, I think we're going to get a good quarter from them. I also want to know, are they going to talk about that bank charter that they're anticipated to get? If we get news on that, look out. Again, not financial advice, but S-O-F-I, I'll be watching tonight. Definitely, definitely. We'll watch that one. I will also mention just for just because I've been seeing it get a lot of partnerships, TTCF, the stock that Mitch has been wrong. And and yes, yes, I'll say, it. you know, maybe one, we need to do a tasting. Challenge. No, I don't want to do that. I, no, I, take I don't that back. want to taste it. <laughs> I take that back. I was going to say we should do a tasting show. But at the same time, sometimes when you're wrong, it's definitely something the kid could look at. And so 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 what I say to you guys is clearly I'm wrong. Maybe pay attention to the stock. Maybe I don't see the story the right way. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Looks like we have over 390 people watching right now. If you guys can do us the favor before we get on out of here and get over, get you over to the Power Hour, smash that like for us. Let's go ahead and get on up there. I want to see where we're at right now. I want let, let me take a look here. I saw a hundred. I think we only had a hundred. I mean, that's only twenty five percent of people, Mitch, Come that on, hit that guys. like you button. Guys give us a like. We just went through. I, I think like. 13 earnings. So many, reports. so many earnings so reports, much, guys. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would have just gave up and just started doing something else, but we didn't. We went through all of that information for you. So you guys appreciate us. Smash that like for us. Let's get it up there towards 150. And like always, guess what, guys? We will be back and doing this like we always do every single week, talking about these SPACs. And I think in the long run, I think, you know, the we're going to look back and really see some opportunities here. The biggest thing that I have to tell you guys out there is decide what's for you. What industry are you expecting? What trends do you see out in five years, 10 years? This is how I take my approach in trading. And I think it's the best way to do it because if you run into trends, stocks will run into those trends also. All right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up here and we'll see you next time. Like always on the SPACs attack. Oh,